It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatic, Uncle Dave. You guys can get Dave on Twitter as well, at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Uncle Dave, we have some Friday and Saturday college football that you and I are going to go ahead and cover. Before we go ahead and jump into that, I don't know if you saw, Uncle Dave, uh, college football had put out that they're going to go ahead and play 35 bowl games this upcoming bowl season. I believe it starts on like December, I think the 12th or something like that. And they're only going to take two days off until the title game. So we'll have the playoff. We'll have the title game. We'll have all the bowl games. I, I guess there are like three or four bowl games that uh, traditionally normally get played. It was some of those lower tier ones. It looks like that they're not going to end up playing, but then they added like, it looks like two new ones. So as of right now, it looks like 35 out of 37 bowls that they had slated are actually going to get played. So that's pretty cool. It'll at least, uh, it'll chew up a lot of time in December, you know, for us football fans. So I was happy to go ahead and see that. Now we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover one game on Friday and it looks like we're going to cover one, two, three, four, five, six. We're going to cover six games on Saturday for you guys. But I want to start it out with the game that's going to happen tonight here. We have Hawaii at Wyoming. Wyoming is going to be minus one. We have a total of 61. Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first. What are you thinking about this contest for tonight? I had a laugh as soon as I saw Hawaii because, you know, Hawaii is during the season. But when they're at home, they're playing at, at 1 a.m. Eastern time or 10 p.m. Pacific time. And it's amazing to me how many people have a bailout game of the day uh, for sale on Hawaii. And this will be kind of a bailout game. It's the last game on the card, but it's really the only one Friday that appears to potentially be a competitive game. And there's a slight flip in the line from uh, Hawaii minus one and a half to now Hawaii plus one. And I don't think that's a huge deal. Um, it could be syndicates trying to get plus money on both sides, actually, which happens all the time in college basketball. So I'm not paying too much attention to this line move, but I will say it's always tough to win in Laramie. It's uh, It's got as much altitude as Denver, if not a little bit more. And, and obviously, it's a much drier air than Honolulu. So Wyoming does have that going for them. Uh, Wyoming lost at Nevada last week, who's who's not very good. And Hawaii beat a very uncompetitive Fresno team, although Fresno did play well last night. And for me, Sleepy, I don't know how much I can carry forward on either side, um, other than the fact that Hawaii's been on the mainland for 10 days. So the situation screams Wyoming. But again, I, you know, carrying forward stuff from week one, you know, I learned a pretty valuable lesson there in week one when the, when the SEC and ACC and, and uh, Big 12 started playing, you know, things, things really weren't as they appeared. So, you know, I have to lean Wyoming here uh, because uh, they couldn't run the ball at Nevada and Hawaii did them at Fresno. So Wyoming's going to have to throw uh, something Hawaii was pretty vulnerable to last week. And then there's, uh, Wyoming having issues at Nevada defending the pass. So I'm a little more committed to the over than either side here, although I do lean Wyoming. So uh, the money is two. So that opened at like 56 ish and now it's up to 61. It was 60 last night when I wrote this up. So I'm going to wait and see if it comes back at all or, or maybe adjust my bet size to the current number, which is really kind of BS. Or uh, honestly, if it goes up anymore, I might be tempted to take the under because you know, I kind of get why it's going up, but at some point it's gone a little too far. And, you know, Wyoming does not have a dynamic offense. So 
That's where I stand on that one, Sleepy. You know, I think if you're going to go ahead and you're going to play Hawaii, Uncle Dave, you got to do it earlier in the season. We know that typically these college football teams, they, they like to go ahead and, and kind of abuse Hawaii when it comes to the schedule. Like you'll see like a Utah State or a BYU, you know, they'll schedule them for like noon on Saturday, and it just absolutely ruins Hawaii's body clock. So I think if you're thinking about playing Hawaii, especially on the road in college football, you generally want to go ahead and you want to do that earlier in the season versus later because as, you know, Hawaii starts stacking up game after game, you know, road trip after road trip, once they get stuck, and you'll see teams, you know, in the Mountain West, they'll do that to a team like Hawaii. They'll have them play at noon, and it was like, you know, their body clocks are just, they're so screwed up. Normally when they're out there on the football field, generally that team is probably in bed sleeping. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll probably play the over in this one, Uncle Dave. I went through it, looked at the box score, and it looks like maybe like a high-paced total. If you go back to Hawaii last week, they had 84 plays. They had 27 first downs, and they diced up that Fresno defense. Fresno, I think they might have scored a little bit more in that game, Uncle Dave, but they turned the ball over four times in that game. And last night, Fresno scored 38 points. So it tells me at least that you know Fresno can score. Maybe they were just a little bit unfortunate in the Hawaii game. So maybe that Hawaii defense is actually you know a little bit worse than most people would think if they just look at the paper. Uh, as I had mentioned, the total's gone up. It started out at like 59. It's now up to 61, as you had mentioned. So it seems like the betters agree that the over might be the way to go. Wyoming's defense, it doesn't seem like it's very good. They allowed 500 yards to Nevada, 37 points. And the Wolfpack turned it over twice, and they had 12 penalties. So you can only imagine, you know, that Nevada might have had a little bit taken off the scoreboard for themselves as well. So for me, it would be the over in that one. Uh, no particular lean to a side, but as I had mentioned, if you're going to try to play Hawaii on the road, uh, you certainly have to go ahead and do it earlier in the year. Let's jump over to Saturday here, Uncle Dave. We got LSU at Auburn. Should be a pretty big game. LSU bouncing back last week. Auburn's going to be catching two and a half here at home, total 65. You know, when I sat down and I looked at this game, Uncle Dave, I, I kind of just kind of just didn't like it. I, I feel like, you know, we can kind of go either way with this one. I think one, maybe one turnover probably decides the winner in this game. I think the line's probably correct. Um, if I had to go ahead and take a lean, I'd probably lean with the home team. Not only has LSU lost on the road by giving up 45 points, but they also gave up 44 points, you know, at home to Mississippi State. So I do have some concerns for them. Auburn, they, they, I mean, they still haven't lost a home game yet, and I don't think you can knock Auburn, you know, for, for losing two of the road games that they had. You know, LSU does have Bama on deck, but that's in like two weeks. And Auburn, they're going to end up, you know, with the same bye here, but it, then they end up with Mississippi State. I think the favorable spot here is probably in favor of Auburn a little bit. I'll probably lean that way, but I don't even think I'd put a pizza bet on them. I just don't feel that confident right now in, in either team. So maybe a slight lean to Auburn. Don't even know if I'd bet it. That's kind of the way it would go. And and you and I talked last week about both of these teams. We weren't feeling too good about you know either team, and I'm still not feeling too good about either team, but I guess I would – I guess I would have to uh, go ahead and maybe play the home team if I had to do anything. That's what I got on that one. Yeah, sleepy. Normally, I think these these teams are heading in opposite directions, but you know, I can't take a ton away from LSU's beatdown of South Carolina. Even though I did love the Gamecocks and I was a bit hasty, 
I think this week we got a couple teams with something in common. They're both desperate to save their seasons, really. Uh, and, and off the top, Auburn's been good at home. They hammered Kentucky. They beat what I think is an underestimated Arkansas team and did just get a tough road win. So my initial lean here was to the Tigers from Alabama. Now, the Tigers from Louisiana might be better than we think, however. That first loss at home to the Bulldogs could be attributed to culture shock, both actual pandemic shock and the shock of losing so many players to the NFL. I watched a lot of their game, that Missouri loss, and the Tigers from Missouri. I actually played really well, and LSU just wasn't ready for that up-tempo offense. So my initial like is negated here. On paper, LSU has the better offense, Auburn the better defense, and although I tend to go with the better defense, especially at home, I'm inclined to like LSU here, but would have been much happier betting it early as a pick Now, that line did go up to minus three, even minus three and a half, uh, and now it's back down to two and a half, which is, you know, I think strictly a case of, of the Sharks buying the number of, of three and a half and even three. Um, what will annoy the shit out of me is when people sell uh, LSU at minus three on game day, uh, and what will annoy me more is people buy LSU minus three on game day when they could have had it at a pick em. Um, But, you know, there again, that's for another podcast. The total shot up, uh, and I might it might have gone up too much. I Although I like LSU's offense better, I don't trust LSU's offense. So although LSU's defense has been the kryptonite, I don't think they're terrible. So to be honest, Sleepy, I'm looking at that under. And at 66, give or take, what whatever it is now, you know, you need – two touchdowns and a field goal in every single quarter to lose that bet. Uh, so that's a bet I'm willing to make. I, I like the under there, Sleepy. I don't think that's a bad way to go. I was looking at that too, Uncle Dave, and I think that, you know, going into this game, both teams might actually play it a little close to the vest because they don't want to lose. So I wouldn't be shocked if they come in here and they, and they play a little bit, you know, a little bit cautionary going into that one. It's funny, you had mentioned all these teams. I wonder, I was sitting here going, LSU Tigers, Auburn Tigers, Missouri Tigers. Like, how many damn Tiger teams do they have in the SEC? I'm guessing they have enough. Anyway, with that crap out of the way, let's jump over to another game here, Uncle Dave. We got Texas. They'll be on the road here at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State minus three, minus three and a half, depending on what shops you guys are at. Total sitting here right now, right around 59. My gut feeling, Uncle Dave said that this is one of those cliffhanger type games. I think that's just the way that Texas likes to play. You know, Oki now 4-0 in the season and line, you know, at most shops is going to be probably three and a half. It seems like the money's kind of moving in Oki's direction. Now, I just wonder if, you know, the 4-0 has anything to do with the line going up. I believe it does. You know, we talked last week about Oki and Iowa State, and we thought that, you know, that that would be somewhat of a competitive game. Oki has two big games on deck. And one and both are going to be on the road, one at, you know, number 16, Kansas State, who we'll talk about. And then again on the road at number 24, Oklahoma. So back to back road games against ranked opponents. Now, I think if, if Oki could go ahead and they can digest last week to win and kind of take it one game at a time, you know, they can they can make a real run. But I'm just not sure that, you know, Oki can go ahead and stay that focused. We haven't really seen that from them in the past. So I feel like this is probably going to be a nail-biter game to me. Maybe Oki's a tad bit overrated, and we know how Texas is. You know, they can show up and put up 40 or 50, and their defense can go ahead and give up 40 or 50. My gut feeling says we take the points with Texas. I don't feel very good about it. 
Um, it, it would only be a pizza bet. That's probably about it. I think I'm just waiting for the carpet to go ahead and get pulled out here from underneath Oklahoma State at some point. I have a feeling it happens in the next three weeks. Just I don't know which game. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be this one. In fact, I, I probably don't think it'll be this one. I think Oki might squeeze out a win, but I have a feeling it's going to be razor close. What do you got for that one, Uncle Dave? That's how I'm feeling. Well, Sleepy, again, I got a nice futures ticket on Oklahoma State to win the Big 12. And honestly, the Cowboys' defense is better than their offense, and obviously that's not normal for what you'd expect from a Gundy team. And I don't think the books or the betters have caught up with that. In fact, of teams that have played more than one game, their defense is fourth in the nation in yards per play allowed. As far as Texas is concerned, they played two games that were not in Austin. They gave up 53 to Oklahoma and 56 to Texas Tech, who doesn't have the offense we've been accustomed to. So there's little chance of taking Texas here. And then I looked, you know, a lot of these times you want to look at sort of recent history. And last year in Austin, Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State's quarterback, played like shit. No TD passes, two picks. And Oklahoma State still only lost by six. And that was with Ellinger throwing four touchdown passes and Texas rushing for over 200 yards. If I look at the stats in that game, that game shouldn't have been with two, within two scores, let alone one. And now that Spencer Sanders is back for the Cowboys, I really like Oklahoma State here. I I like them better at minus three than the current number of minus three and a half. But, you know, it is what it is in terms of this is when we do our podcast. Um, I have a slight lean to the under as well, but I do like the Cowboys from Oklahoma better than the Cowboys from Texas against the Eagles. You know, Uncle Dave, I'll tell you the one thing that kind of kept me off Oklahoma State, and maybe I just, I don't know, maybe I kind of just bought into, you know, what, and we talked about this in our last couple of podcasts. You know, the Oklahoma State rush defense looked really good, you know, the first like three weeks of the season. And I said, you know, if that team can go ahead and continue to keep up that type of, you know, pace with that with that rush defense, then that would be a team that I would more than likely go ahead and back. But I looked at the stats last week, and I'm like, man, they gave up like, I don't know what it was. I think it was like 235 yards on the ground. So I'm wondering, I'm like, are they a little fugazi in that regard? And I think that's kind of why I fell off them. Maybe it's not the time to go ahead and, and kind of just judge it off one game. But that was my concern. And had Oklahoma State went ahead and, and I don't want to say pitched a shutout against Iowa State because, you know, we know that that's a pretty good team. But I think if they played a little bit better, at least in the rush defensive area, I probably would have ended up staying on Oklahoma State. So I just want – and like I said, I, I it's just a lean here to Texas for me. But I wish I had seen Oklahoma State play better in the rush defensive category because then I probably would have ended up more than likely falling on them. But either way, I, I feel it'll, it'll be a cliffhanger-type game. But I wish Oklahoma State would have at least given me that opportunity to go ahead and say, you know, I have something really strong to rely on. And their defense is good. But I just wish they played a little bit better in that area last week, and I probably would have ended up on the same side with you. All right, Uncle Dave, let's jump over to Northwestern at Iowa. we got a Big Ten matchup here. Iowa, they're going to be minus 2.5 here at home. Total 46. I'll let you go ahead and rip a run on this one first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, uh, this was a tough one for me. I like both teams. Uh, so I had to put my biases aside here. And at the same time, I had to decide what to take away from one game. And I thought it's best to look at the recent history of other teams this season and their one game. Uh, and from memory, a lot of those second games, if you will, didn't go anywhere 
near like most teams' first games, and I, I paid for making that mistake uh, when when these other conferences started. So the question for me is: Northwestern really as good as people expected going into the season, or were they made to look better than they even might be against Maryland than they really are? I, I don't know yet. Almost everyone I know had I O illusion to Purdue last week, and that's exactly what happened. So are they undervalued? At home, laying a short number that's become even shorter as people react to Northwestern? Not sure. You know, honestly, I think that may be the more likely scenario. Uh, Iowa doesn't lose many games at home, and they might remember losing one to Northwestern two years ago at home. Um, you know, a lot of players still left over, obviously coaches. Uh, maybe Spencer Petrus got his ears wet last week, and even though it was his first start in the team's first game in forever without Kyle Stanley, he didn't play that bad. You know, I, I do know Northwestern isn't going to score 43 points again this week, uh, and so did the books and the betters because that total opened 48, down to 46 uh, late last night in most places. And that's with a decent ticket split, so a lot of money going on that under. So with that in mind, Northwestern's defense was only on the field last week for 22 minutes against Maryland, so they really haven't been tested, and they really haven't been tested physically or mentally. So I suspect Iowa will try to change that by just running the ball, although that's more or less what they do typically anyway. So the bet I really like here uh, is the first half under uh, because I just think that's the way the game's going to go. Uh, and I can only think about Iowa State at home uh, because I think it's an overreaction to last week perhaps in that line. So there you have it, Iowa uh, and under in the first half, Sleepy. I'll probably go ahead and buy into the overreaction here, Uncle Dave, with Northwestern. But I think one of the things that concerns me is the fact that the line tonight in the Maryland game is like lined at 20. They're getting like 20 points at home. So that team's not good. But I don't know if I want to go ahead and fade Northwestern coming off of, you know, that good of a performance. I mean, they had 31 first downs in the game against Maryland. They won the turnover battle four to nothing. I think that really gives their defense somewhat of a boost. You know, they only allowed 64 yards rushing. I mean, that has to give their defense a boost. And meanwhile, you know, Northwestern, they ran for like 325 yards in that game. They threw for 212. You know, all around they played, you know, I guess you could say they played a really clean game. And they only allowed three points. And that three points was on the first drive for Maryland. And then they just pitched a shutout, you know, the rest of the way. So I, I have a gut feeling that Northwestern has to come in here motivated, thinking, you know, especially with Iowa coming off of a loss, that they can go ahead and beat this team. So that's certainly something that I don't want to fade. And it's not that Iowa looked bad. In fact, they didn't look bad, but they just looked, you know, they looked sloppy and they looked choppy. And, and that happens in, you know, the first game of the season for, for many teams. And, you know, that happens even for us handicappers, Uncle Dave. And I know you would agree with that. You know, when you, you know, go and you handicap a team in their first game, you know, especially when you have two teams playing their first game, you know, more than more than likely, you know, our, our handicaps are going to be a little bit, you know, choppy as well. So uh, as, you know, the weeks go by, we get stronger and stronger with the data that we're provided. I just don't think we have a whole lot of data, but the data that I do have, you know, it tells me at least Northwestern's offense uh, could give Iowa a little bit of trouble. Uh, I did notice the time of possession as well for the Iowa game and the Northwestern game. Um, I would probably just go ahead and take Northwestern here. I think that they look like the better team. So I'll take the points. I'll take the team that looks better. I know this is not typically an easy place to go into and play, and especially with Iowa coming off of a loss. Uh, 
Um, I don't think this is going to be an easy game for Northwestern. But again, I got to go back to, you know, what I've seen on paper. And these two teams, they, they look different to me. So I'll take Northwestern plus the points. If this was a pick em, I might I might stay away. But this very easily could be, you know, a one-two point game, a Northwestern outright win. So I'll go ahead and uh, I'll take the Wildcats. We don't have Tigers here. We got Wildcats. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and take Northwestern. All right, so let's shift over here to Virginia Tech at Louisville. This will be an afternoon game, Louisville. They're going to be plus three and a half here at home. Total 67 and a half. You know, I don't like this game that much at all, Uncle Dave. You know, had Virginia not lost, I had Virginia Tech not lost, I probably would have been on them. And I'd still be a little bit worried, but Virginia Tech to me, you know, they, they just seem like they're just a little bit too one-dimensional with their quarterback. You know, to me, Louisville seems like they have the better offense as far as, you know, which team could do more with their playbook and their personnel. But the Louisville defense, I mean, it just absolutely stinks. So, you know, I'm trying to forget the Louisville 2-4 and four record. And looking at the schedule, yeah, it was a loss to Miami, and it didn't look good, and then it was three straight losses. You know, but all those came on the road, and that was in a row. And that's just not an easy schedule, I don't think, to go ahead and navigate around. And then Louisville, they go ahead to rebound against FSU in a big way at home. You know, they score almost 50 points, but Florida State stinks. Uh, Something just tells me that the line is being set by the records and not by what these teams have done or what they can do this season. It's just hard for me to go ahead and put my faith in Louisville because they already let me down. But I think that maybe that is something that would keep me off of a winner. So I'll take the points with Louisville. I don't feel strong about it. I felt strong about Virginia Tech for, you know, a number of weeks there. And I don't know. It seems like maybe they're coming down to earth. You know, these teams eventually, you know, they start to even out. I just wonder if the Louisville, you know, three road losses in a row kind of has has them looking a lot worse than what they are. I'll take the home team here. I'll take the plus three and a half. It would be a small wager. I don't feel very strong about it, but that would be the way that I go in that one. How are you feeling? Well, I didn't understand at first how Louisville wasn't favored here, to be honest with you, especially with uh, Tech's extremely suspect defense. And when I add that to the fact that their offense only put up 23 last week against basically a, a non-existent Wake Forest defense, you know, I just don't get it. And, like, I'm seriously looking for someone to enlighten me here. You know, and I know Louisville's Jekyll and Hyde. You know, as you said, everyone saw them get destroyed by Miami. And they also know about a horrible loss they had to Georgia Tech. But as you mentioned in their last two games, you know, you mentioned uh, the FSU game. Well, they before that, they played Notre Dame tough. I think it was 12-7. to 7. I believe that was in South Bend. And, you know, I know uh, – FSU isn't a very good team, but they kicked the shit out of him. It was 48 to 16. Well, I mean, what do you want? And this line came out, I think, tech minus two and a half, and I've seen three and a half, which, you know, obviously that takes real money to move it to and through minus three. But I, am I still missing something? You know, I don't know. I think the total shot up almost five points. And if that is correct, who's going to be the one scoring all those points? One, the other, both? I don't know. I think figuring that out is the key to figuring out the side. And honestly, in these games, it's not often 
the favorite and the over get the cash. So in my mind, one of those two moves is wrong, uh, if not both of them. So, you know, Sleepy, because we only have a, a limited amount of time, um, you know, before you hit the stop button on me, I'm going to take the lazy way out of this one and bet on Louisville and the under, guessing it's probably a split at worst. Um, you know, and a lot of people might say, well, we're going we're gonna to tease you know, Louisville and get up close to 10. And, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about not teasing college football, but let me point out that it's even a worse thing in a game with a total as high as this one because that gives like zero value to a few extra points. So that's all I got there, Sleepy. I, I lean to betting against the line moves here uh, because I, I, I was so strong seeing Louisville catching points at home regardless of previous history because Virginia Tech hasn't played all that well. I can see where uh, they may win, but I, I just don't see, you know, that, that's going to be a fairly, fairly big handle, a fairly heavily bet game. Uh, and so I, I just don't see uh, the public being all over uh, the Virginia Tech and the over and cashing both tickets. I don't see it. So I think I'll go the other way. After you, you know, you talked a little bit here, Uncle Dave, I'm feeling that, that maybe it is just because of the records and that's what, that's the way this line's being said. I have a feeling it's just, it's not right. All right, let's jump over to Kansas State at West Virginia. West Virginia going to be minus four here. Total 46. So let me get this straight here, Uncle Dave. Number 16, Kansas State, who's won four games in a row now. They're going to go ahead and they're going to play West Virginia, who's unranked. West Virginia, who's three and two on the season. West Virginia, who's coming off of a loss. And West Virginia's land four. Seems like seems like it's a little bit of a mismatch here on paper in favor of the Mountaineers. At least that's what I'm looking at. This game just stinks. I mean, I guess if you wanted to go ahead and be a real wise guy, you just go ahead and play West Virginia. I mean, I don't have the stones to do it. That's all I can say. I would just say be careful taking Kansas State. This game, it just doesn't smell right. I mean, it just doesn't smell right. And typically when these situations arise, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the sucker bet of the week in college football is going to end up being K-State. I could see how you can make a case for that team, but the line doesn't make any damn sense, at least if you're just you know eyeballing the, the records and the stats and stuff. just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to go ahead and pass. I don't want to be the idiot that go ahead and takes West Virginia home land four and then they get beat by 14. But I don't want to be the guy that that, that thinks K-State's just going to go into West Virginia and roll them, and they end up turning out to, to get beat and uh, West Virginia covers. So either way, I don't want to be an idiot, and I think the easiest way for me to, to go ahead and say this, Uncle Dave, is just be careful with Kansas State. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass. Yeah, I mean, you make some very valid points. And, you know, historically, if you've got a ranked team going into an unranked team, that is favored. Uh, the unranked team is typically favored for a reason, but this is this is a, a crazy game for me too as well, Sleepy, because I've never been able to bet on West Virginia, whether it was Holgerson or now. Uh, they just you just never know what you're going to get, and you know it's obviously always been hard to fade Kansas State forever with Snyder there, and even this year. And I bet against West Virginia twice this season. I was right both times. Last week on the road at Texas Tech and earlier at my Oklahoma State Cowboys. But the bottom line here is, you know, fishy line or not, West Virginia hasn't beaten a good team yet. You know, they almost 
lost at home to Baylor. I think that game went into OT, which makes betting on them here uh, almost impossible unless I was going to do it blindly because the line is ridiculous. You know, I do realize that nothing stays the same and, and they'll surprise someone somewhere, West Virginia will. Uh, but Kansas State has already won at TCU and at Oklahoma, so asking them to win uh, in West Virginia would not uh, make up a colossal event. So to me, this is another game where I don't get why West Virginia is even favored. Yes, they are, and it may well be for a good reason, other than the fact that you know the books won't make them a home underdog to the Wildcats, although I think they probably should be. So yeah, West Virginia might play fast too, but guess what? So do the Sooners and so does Texas Tech. Both teams that have, I think, more actual talent than the Mountaineers. So now what I also think is that that total is based largely on what West Virginia has done and did do under Holgerson and with a guy named Will Greer. And we might see some weather there, too, which could clearly favor Kansas State, in my opinion. So it's an easy call for me. You know, I'm going to ignore the fishiness and lean on Kansas State, um, getting four points. And, and that is also far more... Uh, valuable to me because that total is dropping and and it's in the 40s which is what you'd think is a pretty low total for a West Virginia game so I'm not um, you know if I can get more than a field goal with Kansas State I, I, I have to do it and I realize I'm betting against history because you know as you said an unranked team being favored um, and 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 still uh, getting more love as the week goes on um, typically that's for a good reason. And typically, you know, dumb people like me and you would just take Kansas State because they are the better team. But uh, I, I either have to pass or, or put a pizza on Kansas State. I just, I can't build a case for West Virginia. Yeah, I couldn't build a case for West Virginia either. That was one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't want any part of them. And then you look at K-State and I'm like, you know, there's, there's positives for that team. I think it just has something to do with a mismatch that maybe maybe a lot of people are missing. I was looking at the West Virginia offense. I'm like, okay, they look half decent. And then the K-State defense looks doesn't look all that great. And then I'm looking over at the West Virginia defense, and I'm looking at the Kansas State offense, and I'm like, these two teams might not match up that well. And I have a feeling that that's why the line is what it is. It's kind of just what I was thinking. I, I think it had something to do with the matchup that – you know, I just I haven't honestly had the time to go ahead and dig dig into the matchups in that game to actually figure out maybe if that's why this line is what it is. But this line it, it doesn't make any damn sense. So for me, it's it's clearly I got to just stay away from it. Let's jump over to North Carolina, a team we had talked about here already. Uncle Dave, they're gonna go ahead. They're gonna go on the road here. They're gonna be on the road at Virginia. Virginia plus seven, total sixty one. I'm going to be square here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the over. I think there's just too much offense in this one and not enough defense. I'm still wondering how the hell North Carolina went ahead and they threw their season in the toilet, you know, going ahead and losing to Florida State. I mean, you want to talk about playing down to your competition. I mean, it, it's just baffling that that team could be undefeated and they lose to them. As I had mentioned, I don't, I don't really like a side in here. It would be over for me. I feel like that's the only thing that I can do. I feel that both teams can't score on offense. Both teams can't really, you know, stop each other probably on defense. Totals at 61. It's a little high, but I feel like North Carolina can go ahead. They can push the pace. They can put the pressure on Virginia to go ahead and perform. And I think Virginia probably has enough guys out there, and the fact that they are at home, you know, that, that it can probably be a little bit of a back-and-forth type game. 
the fact that North Carolina is favored here by seven tells me that, you know, Virginia will remain in the game for, you know, at least a decent amount of time. It won't turn into a blowout. I worry a little bit, Uncle Dave, about North Carolina playing down to their competition. Now, I would understand if it was in North Carolina and maybe they can get away with that. But if they go and they try to play another, you know, down to their competition game here on the road against a team like Virginia, you know, this one could be a little bit closer than most people would expect. North Carolina is just a better team. I just don't get how sometimes teams, they just play like crap against certain teams and it just, it kind of derails their season. So I guess overall, I'm kind of upset with North Carolina, which I don't, it's not that I'm a fan, but I just don't like to see teams that are, that are good, you know, lose to, to just bad teams. And I just wonder if they play down the to Virginia's level here. I'll play the over. I feel decent about that one. I certainly won't go ahead and take a side, but it'll be over for me. Yeah, Sleepy, I, I totally get that. Um, and I almost went big on this one. Look, I, I know people are salivating about the Tar Heels, and they got on them last week, and they'll make bigger bets on them this week. And, you know, that's all well and good, but there are some facts here that I think are, are a little more relevant than, than, you know, okay, Mac Brown gets his guys to play, big deal. You know, the first of which is Virginia's played Clemson and also Miami on the road. And they played the Hurricanes tough last week, actually. And UNC, uh, and North Carolina hasn't played anyone yet. In fact, their, their first two road games were a four-point win at Boston College, and they lost at Florida State. So I don't get this seven-point road favorites, you know. Cavalier defense is 26th in the nation, only allowing 3.3 yards per rush, and I think you have to run the ball on the road. And remember, they played Clemson, which you'd think would skew that number. And the Virginia defense is 29th in opponent's pass completion and is 26th in sack percentage, which goes good with the Heels actually allowing a fair amount of sacks. You know, Don't forget, North Carolina allowed 45 points to Virginia Tech not that long ago, and that's a feed Tech team that's otherwise had issues on offense. So to me, Sleepy, this may turn out to be a WTF game, which is wrong team favored by games end. So I like Virginia plus the points. All right, good stuff in that one, Uncle Dave. I'm glad you brought up that Virginia Tech game too as well because that was one of the concerns I had, you know, for the defense of North Carolina. And we just had talked about Virginia Tech. I felt like maybe they were a little a little bit too much one-dimensional and the fact that they can go ahead and put up that many points uh, kind of again it puts me on the over in this one well that's it guys that's our podcast we went through you know a bunch of games here for you guys hopefully we do well hopefully you guys have listened to our nfl podcast you guys can find that on my twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame you can also find that over at dave's twitter as well at dave underscore essler uh tonight chris and i will go through our nfl money picks pod where we go and we go through all the player props that we like and then uh, we'll talk to you guys sunday live uh, we have our line move show, so make sure you guys tune into that. You can get that live on my Twitter. Uh, but with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck this weekend. Enjoy the games.